What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Rackliff, and it is Tuesday, August 25th. Oh, yeah, fantasy football draft season. Love this time of year. Was just uh, putting the refresher on rankings and projections yesterday. Not as frantic as usual at this time of year. A lot of changes usually at this time of year. Really more subtle changes than anything uh, in rankings and projections. Of course, that is all for version 4. almost said version 2. Version 4. How many? 4 of the game plan, the FTN Fantasy Football Game Plan. That's my draft guide magazine, which is over at ftnfantasy.com. Version 4, all set up for National Fantasy Football Draft Day this weekend on Saturday. So you can get that over at ftnfantasy.com. Love, love, love that that is all set up for us here uh, with a new and improved draft board, by the way. Well, well, not necessarily improved. It's new. It's the two-quarterback Superflex draft board. I did get some requests for that, so I put that bad boy in there. Uh, so go check that out if you get a chance over at ftnfantasy.com. Uh, today, it is a big fantasy football draft weekend coming up, so I want to talk about some mistakes that I see people make on draft day and how to avoid those mistakes. I've sort of talked about a lot of these things throughout the various podcasts, but I figure it would be good to compile it into one list for you, so that's what we're going to do uh, today. Before I get to that, though, we got to talk about that sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest-growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. That's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there's no salary caps, and you don't have to play against the Sharks, which means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. MonkeyNightFight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, football. That's the big one. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else? MonkeyNightFight.com has a free $5 game for you for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, you will have your first deposit matched up to $50. That's good right there. R-A-N-T. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting into when you play monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. And as I've said numerous times over the last several pods, this is the best way to help out. If you're in a state where Monkey Knife Fight is... Uh, you're eligible to play, well, sign up. Get the 50 free bucks, and then we are, we'll are we get some NFL contests rolling here. Hey, we're two weeks away, <laughs> basically. It's crazy. Two and a half weeks. It snuck up. It really snuck up on me. But that's a good thing because football, I, I've said all along, very confident this thing is going to happen without a hitch, without a hitch. So tomorrow, by the way, we'll uh, – We'll get a little hard knocks uh, intel for you as well. Uh, so, you know, hopefully get some more information there out of those two teams. A lot of COVID stuff for those two teams so far on the first two episodes, which, as you could imagine, uh, you know, it was going to be the focal point. Uh, good news there for the NFL. Sounds like essentially we had a lot of uh, false positives and instead of positives. Now, false positives are not ideal, but they are better than positives. The false positive challenge that we're going to run into is I do think this is going to happen. Actually, now it's being reported that there's a lot of folks who think this is going to happen where we get a false positive and a player misses a game as a result. 
So be prepared. Be prepared for that one. Uh, that certainly could play out this season. Uh, the other thing I just wanted to note, yesterday I talked about Kenyon Drake being in a walking boot at practice, tweeting out that he's good. Cliff Kingsbury circled back and said that this was uh, more more or less, it's, it sounds like precautionary uh, due to nicks and bruises is what he said. So as a running back, as a football player, you're going to get banged up. Uh, I think this is encouraging, but I'm not going to hold my breath just yet until we we get reports that you know he's all good and he's on the practice field and all that fun stuff. But as of now, I haven't shifted where I have Kenyon Drake still back in RB one, uh, and you know hopefully this is nothing serious. Hopefully everybody is being truthful here, both Kenyon Drake and Cliff Kingsbury saying the same story. So usually that is a good sign. Anyway, let's get into these mistakes. So. On draft day, there's a a wide range of things that can play out for sure, and really our objective is to capitalize on any mistakes anybody else makes and not make those mistakes ourselves. Now, the problem and the challenge for a lot of people in avoiding mistakes is, you know, A, maybe you don't realize you're committing the mistake, or B, you don't have enough practice to avoid those mistakes. It it is the, the part about season-long redraft fantasy drafts that is the most challenging. Think about it. You may be a hardcore. You know, you may be in three leagues, four leagues, five leagues at home. And that's a lot. I'm I'm in three home leagues. That's it. I'm, I'm not in 40 leagues. I don't have time for 40 leagues. I'm in three home leagues. I'm in some industry leagues, yes. But three home leagues. That's it. So think about that. For me, to practice. I mean, I could do mock drafts, but mock drafts don't really work. Even a mock draft simulator, it, it's not. It's hard to capture the real thing, what it's like on draft day. And if you do the mock drafts on sites where uh, you're mocking against other people, you know what happens. They'll mock for a little bit, first couple rounds, and then they bail. So it's not even really a mock draft anymore. You're just going up against ADP for half the picks in the league. Not really a mock draft. So it's challenging, you know, to get 30 drafts under your belt, you're talking 10 years. However, I pointed this out many times before. This is why I like best ball. And now there are options to play best ball. There are, you know, it's not like you had to search high and low to find the options like before. You have underdog. Uh, they They aren't eligible in every single state, but they're out there now. And underdog is from the team that created draft. So that was a pretty, pretty good site or pretty good app. And then, of course, you have DraftKings. So you have options now. And the thing about it is, I just told you, you know, it takes you 10 years to get 30 drafts under your belt. Well, if you do best ball leagues, you're drafting, and you're actually drafting with something on the line. You're not drafting against a a, a bunch of slappies who are going to leave the draft after the first three picks. So you have the conditions of a real draft. Yes, the strategy is slightly different in a best ball than than a home league draft, but you don't need the strategy to be exactly the same to work on your decision-making and work on avoiding mistakes. You can do 30 best ball drafts in one year, easily. So you just jam 10 years of practice into one year. It completely changes your ability on draft day. And you will see it. You'll notice it if you do it. And and I'm you don't have to spend $300 or whatever you, you know to do those 30 drafts. You you'll have options, you know, there are lower priced options. So it's not like you're investing a ton of capital into that practice either. And by the way, you know, if you uh you know if you do well there, 
you may end up liking best ball even more. You know, I totally think that if you draft with the right strategy in best ball, they yeah, you can you can win uh, at a high enough rate to make a little bit of money at the end of the year. You know, you're sinking that money in for now, but at the end of the year, yeah. And it's a lot of fun to just monitor that as well, not have to make your start sit decisions. But it's a lot, it's about that practice. So having that practice is huge and it'll help you avoid some of these mistakes. But even just making note of the mistakes, knowing what they are, is going to help you out. And one of the biggest that I see people, you know, consistently make is being too reliant on rankings. And this is this has been a constant theme for the last you know month and a half or so for me. If you're reliant on rankings, you're missing the big picture, and you're often you, you're often limiting what you can do on draft day. Um, well, this guy's ranked at three. I have to take him ahead of the guy at four. Well, not necessarily. You know, the guy at four could be basically the same as the guy at three, but rankings won't allow you to 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 get that picture. Likewise, uh, well, you know, th- this guy is ranked at 154, and I'm going to take him ahead of the next guy on my board who's 160 or whatever it is when you're late in the draft. But what if the guy at 154 doesn't really have a high ceiling and the guy at 160 does? Rankings don't tell you that, right? Being too reliant on rankings, being too rigid, will not offer you the flexibility to build a maximized roster, and you really want to maximize upside. Yes, you have to have a little bit of safe early on. I I talked about minimizing risk, but you want to go after that upside, especially in the middle and late rounds. And being too reliant on rankings won't allow you to do that. I think, you know, basically, if you think good, better, best, uh, rankings are good, tiers are better, draft board is best. If you use the draft board, you're really set up to make the best possible decisions. It's much more fluid. There, I use rankings for the top 60 on my draft board. I, I do that for a reason to basically say, hey, these are the top, these are the guys who should be early round picks in this draft. And I'm going to get as many of these early round picks as possible. But I realize that I'm not going to get, you know, maybe more than six of those guys. So then we set up the draft board from there. My draft board, of course, is in the game plan. People keep asking me, where do I find it on FTNFantasy.com? That's where. It's actually pretty easy. <laughs> we're, we're Hey, we're a brand new site, and we're working on making sure to, that everything is as easy as possible uh, for you to find, which is not always the easiest thing to do with websites. There's a lot of websites. Uh, you know, You know that from probably going to different websites. But the way to find it, is if you go to ftnfantasy.com, you click on NFL, or you don't even click on, you hover over NFL at the top, then you'll see Draft Guide. And if you're a subscriber and you click on Draft Guide, it'll automatically download the PDF. So it's it's really that simple. And that's got all the cheat sheets, it's got all the projections by team. It's a really cool uh, Draft Guide with the profiles, all that fun stuff. So everything you need for Draft Day. Anyway, good, better, best. Rankings, tiers, Draft Board. Next mistake I see a lot of people make is they hold grudges. You know, I've talked about this one a lot. Don't hold those grudges. Don't hold the grudges. Oh, I'll never do that again. Holding grudges caused a lot of people to pass on DeAndre Hopkins in 2017. He was a third-round pick. He went after Terrell Pryor. Let that sink in. He went after Terrell Pryor. DeAndre Hopkins finished as the number one fantasy wideout. So people held grudges because of what he did in 2016. And I get it. I get the, you know, the the, the heartbreak of uh, either a bad fantasy team or getting down to the end and losing. I mean, I've had that happen plenty of times. I wish I could tell you I win every fantasy championship game I'm in. I don't. <laughs> I don't. 
I, I, you know, I don't know anybody who does unless you're in some kind of chump change league, which, hey, if you are, good for you. <laughs> good for you. But holding grudges isn't going to do you any good. Holding grudges can be more than just um, more than just a, you know, this guy screwed me over last year. It could be that you just don't like the player. <laughs> and if you don't like the player, well, you're sort of holding a grudge against the player. Or if it's a, you know, he's on the rival team. I, I am a Washington fan. I'm not going to select any Cowboys or whatever it is. I'm a diehard 49ers fan. I'm not taking any Seahawks. You know, whatever. You're holding a grudge. <laughs> that doesn't work in fantasy football, so you want to avoid that. And likewise, you want to avoid recency bias, which in a lot of ways causes grudges or it goes the other way around where people think that a player may be a lot better than what he is based on how he finished. Kenyon Drake, uh, Rashad Perryman, guys like that who are coming off these very big seasons. I'm seeing it even a little bit with A.J. Brown. I think A.J. Brown is going to regress you know he the, those were unsustainable long touchdowns down the stretch so avoiding recency bias is very important next up drafting big name players just for the name aj green i'm looking at you bro uh and it's not like aj green is going very early but it seems to be one of these fallbacks for people who don't do a lot of prep you get into the middle rounds of your draft you don't really know who to go with you recognize the name boom you pick that name you recognize the big name of A.J. Green. You recognize whoever. And you go with that name. Rob Gronkowski. You go with that name. If Gronk's out of value, sure, get him. A.J. Green. If he's out of value, get him. But I don't like where he's going. I actually don't like where Gronk is going, per se, uh, in regular leagues. I, I, you know, If you're in a tight end premium, maybe you, maybe you change your perspective a little bit on, on a guy like Gronk. But... Uh, you know, generally speaking, when I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you in a regular league. And for me, a regular league is a 12-teamer. It's either half point or full PPR. You start one quarterback, two running backs, three wideouts, a flex, a tight end, maybe defense and kicker. That's a regular league. Not that I talk about defense and kicker on, on this uh, show. But anyway, drafting them just for the name. Uh, talking yourself into a player is, or into a take on a player is another one. And it's a common one that maybe doesn't even happen necessarily on draft day. It can happen on draft day, but it certainly happens in the buildup to draft day. I had somebody tweet me at Jeff Rackliff on Twitter who said, uh, you know, I, I, I think that Christian McCaffrey is due for big regression. And I also think that Saquon Barkley is going to go the other way. So I should take Saquon ahead of McCaffrey by that logic, right? And it's like, no, <laughs> you just talked yourself into a take because you got nothing left to do at this point. So eventually there is a pencils down type moment where you're, you just say, hey, I've done everything I can do. Um, now it's just time to wait for draft day. Now, now the waiting is the hardest part. Tom Petty said it right, but we got to wait. And we got to get to draft day. And then on draft day, we I've seen people think themselves into crazy things on draft day. Just stick to the to the this the format. <laughs> Strict stick to your takes. Don't talk yourself into to a new take on a player at this point. On draft day, a big mistake I see a lot of people make is not paying attention to what's going on around you. Somebody asked me, well, how do I keep track of that? You know, so for example, in two quarterback leagues, I keep saying well, I don't want to draft a quarterback in a specific round. I want to draft it when a specific amount of quarterbacks have been taken. 
So I'm looking at 10 quarterbacks. And that's something that I like to do is I like to just make little tick marks based on what people are doing around me. Right. Um, So I know this team has, you know, has drafted a quarterback already. This team is drafted wide out, wide out, you know, and, and you can do that by looking at the board to a degree. But it's one of those things like, you know, when I used to study, here's the nerd in me, the inner nerd. I have a Ph.D. after all. Uh, but when I used to study in college, um, my whole thing was, you know, I couldn't just read. I would have to read and then write the notes. And the thing about it was it was more it was more of a retention thing. I know it took longer, but I definitely retain more of the information. I do the same thing with the NFL now. I watch the game, but I also take notes on the game. So then I'm watching the game, taking the information in. I'm writing the notes, taking the information in. And then I'm reading back the notes and taking the information in, as opposed to just looking at it once. It's now three times. So if you're making these little tick marks on draft day, now you're you see the board, you see the tick marks, and then you go back and read the tick marks. You know exactly what people are doing. You know exactly what people are doing if that if that's uh, your approach. So not paying attention to what's going on around you is going to allow you to be exploited and not do the exploiting. And in a lot of ways, this le- leads into not being flexible enough to adjust because you have to be able to, to adjust to the conditions of the draft. And locking your and that a lot of times happens when people lock themselves into a set strategy or to set positions. I'm taking a running back in the first and a running back in the second and a wide out in the third. Well, you're not being flexible enough to to adjust to what's going on around you. Another thing that I've noticed, and this is big time here, is not understanding the impact of your starting roster requirements. You know, it's the age old advice: know your scoring settings, know your roster requirements. I, I mean, I poke fun, but. I honestly think that the starting roster requirements are more important to your overall overall draft strategy than the scoring settings, believe it or not. Scoring settings are only going to subtly change if you're talking about from half point to full PPR, or even if you're talking about from four-point passing touchdown to six-point passing touchdown, there's only subtle changes there, and it really doesn't adjust my major strategy. However, obviously, if you go from one quarterback to two starting quarterbacks, now the strategy adjusts. Or if you go from... Uh, three wideouts to two wideouts starting strategy adjusts. Let's say you start adding more. If you Somebody said, well, where would you value wide receivers if you had two starting running backs and four starting wide receivers? Which I actually, I, I kind of like that. I want to do a league like that just to see how it works out. But Michael Thomas now, I think, has to be the number one in that format just because of the scarcity at the position. Know how many bench spots you have and and also how that's going to impact how many players are on waivers. If you're in one of those silly leagues with only four bench spots, and I'm sorry, but it is silly because you're really limiting the skill of your owners. Fewer bench spots, fewer roster spots decreases the skill in the league and increases the luck factor. But if you're in one of those, then yeah, your your waiver wire is going to be a lot more full than if you're in a league with double the amount, eight bench spots. More bench spots is a good thing. People say, well, I want to encourage the waiver wire. Why? <laughs> Why? Why do you want to encourage that? I, I never understood that logic. It, it maybe encourages laziness with <laughs> prepping for the draft. I have no idea. But you got to know that. Uh, overvaluing strength of schedule, that's a big one. <sighs> strength of schedule, is, it, it's eye candy. doesn't tell you anything. tells you what happened last year. It's not going to tell you what's happening this year. Really, to get a sense of that, we are going to have a little bit of current trends in terms of strength of schedule, but you also really have to pay attention to who's out for these defenses. 
you get some interior defensive linemen or a key linebacker out, run game is going to benefit. You get, you know, edge rushers or some corners, you know, some of the secondary out, passing game is going to benefit. You know, that's, it's, I mean, it's very simple, but sometimes you have to state the simple and not look at strength of schedule. It's one of the worst pieces of fantasy information out there. Yes, I said pieces of fantasy information. I wasn't going to go anywhere else with that. It's one of the worst. Uh, Another big mistake, following the trends. If there, if a run starts, oh, I see pan- people start to panic. Get a little like quarterback or a tight end run, and then you you slide in on the back end. And all, how many times that happen? If you're if you're at the very end of that run, it, it just stops right after you. You want to be setting the trends, not following them on draft day. And if you're keeping track of what other people are doing, then you're going to know exactly you know when to start those trends. Another mistake, thinking you need the best defense. You do not need the 49ers. You do not need the 49ers. You don't need them. You do not need them. The best approach is streaming. And I know there are more folks streaming than ever, but you don't need the best defense. You're going to be streaming, very likely. And you never need a backup defense. I said it. People will fight me until, uh, you know, I guess until the the end of the world here that they need a backup defense. But tell me in the history of fantasy football, when has a defense ever missed a game? Have they ever been hurt? (laughs) Declared out? (laughs) Because it's never happened. You don't need a backup defense. Your defense isn't going to get hurt and you're going to be streaming every single week. Well, what if I have the best defense? Come on. Come on. You know why the best defenses are the best defenses often? It's not because they're actually the best NFL defenses. It's that they've scored the most touchdowns. And it's an unfortunate aspect of, of fantasy defense scoring. But touchdowns are fluky. And I typically don't want to bank on that. So even if I have a top defense, there's been a lot of instances where I tossed them back. A couple years ago at Kansas City, people thought I was nuts. And they ended up regressing down the stretch. And they weren't really that great down the stretch. You can really you can get a top five, top ten fantasy defense every single week on waivers, even even if you have other folks who are streaming in your leagues. So you don't need the best defense. The biggest mistake, though, and I saved the biggest for last, taking a quarterback early. And there is no way that you're gonna ever talk me into this one. This is um in one quarterback leagues. In two quarterback leagues, obviously you have to take them relatively early. It's a different scenario there, but Taking Lamar, taking Mahomes is always going to be a mistake. I love them. It is not a knock on them. They are fabulous football players, in each in their own right. Fabulous. Love watching them play. But taking them in the second round at a position where you're only starting one is a huge mistake. You're putting your roster at so much risk. Now, in a best ball, sure. If, if you want to get some exposure to Lamar and Mahomes, I, I highly recommend that. But if you're talking your season-long league where this is your only, you know, you're one of three leagues or whatever, it just doesn't make sense, especially if you're in a 10-teamer where the value is just so good later on. You can literally wait till your last possible, the last possible moment to take a quarterback in that format. So there you go. whole bunch of mistakes that people make. Try to avoid all those mistakes. Use the draft day checklist, and you're going to be off to the races, especially this weekend. If you got a draft, baby, uh, remember, you can go check out all that great info over at FTNFantasy.com. And I appreciate everybody continuing to review the show 
on iTunes. I mean, we are absolutely rocking and rolling. It's hard to believe that we're, we're coming up on 50 episodes here. I don't know if we'll do anything special for 50. Maybe we'll do something special for uh, Hunch when we get there. But we also have to do something special when we get to that 1K in ratings. So right now, so far so good, 567. That's pretty solid there, Rat Pack. If you haven't been a part of that, please do. Please do. Uh, it's really easy to do. All you have to do is go to iTunes, review the show, rate the show. The easiest way is to open up your podcast app on your iPhone if you have one. Scroll down, click the stars. That's it. It's really that simple. And those 30 seconds that it takes you means so much more. It, it, it's so much more valuable for, for this show and continuing this show. So please do that uh, if you get a chance. And anywhere else you can rate us. I appreciate all the ratings. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, Rat Pack. At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. And we will be back tomorrow on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here. Oh, 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 oh